Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we need to be renewed by you. So often the temptations of sin attack us and we give in. But Lord, we know that you love us. You've shown us that love in Jesus. And in him we find forgiveness and restoration. Keep us in that grace and mercy. Amen. Please be seated. So in this tight housing market, one may be tempted to buy a house that needs a little extensive remodeling done to it. But with remodeling comes many problems. What problems, you might ask? Well, let's list them. There could be foundation issues. If you're walking across the floor and you can see and feel that it is not level, there may be foundation issues there. Doors that stick, windows that stick, cracks in the drywall, especially above doors and windows, may indicate foundation issues. Foundation issues are expensive. You could have leaks in the roof. You know, it used to be that... um, uh, the leaks in the roof, um, it's caused you know, either by uh, shingle problems, holes in the roof, or other issues may cause it by leaks around the exhaust flues that come up out of the top of your house. But if you have leaks on the walls, then that could be caused by uh, unsecured flashing, bad guttering, or cracked and cupped shingles. Then there's also those... <laughs> antiquated features that you might find in the house there. Uh, You know, it used to be that popcorn ceilings were modern touch, but now not so much. You might have to deal with uh, um, the old outdated colors and uh, patterns on the wall as well. Um, Need to replace countertops and cabinets, uh, appliances, and maybe even outdated floor tile or shower tile all adding up to the expenses of a remodel. If you were, had a house like this and you were going to say, hmm, let me see, should I remodel this house or not, what would you do? I know what most people are doing. They're just simply tearing it down and starting all over again. And who would blame them? But I wonder... If that's the choice that God makes when he deals with us and our messed up lives that we have, does God bring out the dynamite and the bulldozers to start all over again? You know, God could have said, I will make all new things the old won't do. But instead, God says, I will make all things new. There's a big difference between those two sentences. Our God is a renewing God. So says Jeremiah. God renews his covenant. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will cut a renewed covenant. Not new, a renewed covenant. You see, the old blood covenant with Abraham foreshadows the new covenant cut with us by Christ. And there will certainly be blood, Gethsemane, Gabbatha, and on Golgotha. 
The renewed covenant, God's gracious presence with us, is signed, sealed, and delivered to us. Signed in the blood of Jesus, sealed and delivered by the Holy Spirit. God doesn't send a wrecking ball. He sends us the means of grace, gospel, holy baptism, the Lord's Supper. God renews the heart. I will put my Torah in their gut and I will write it on their hearts. You see, the old covenant was written on stone. The new covenant, says Jeremiah, will be written in our guts and on our hearts. Rather than tear down walls and roofs, God will rewire the electricity. He will renew our hearts, give it life and power. That's divine electricity. For the people of Jeremiah's day, their evil and stubborn hearts led them away from God. You know what that means? That means that they had no use for God anymore. Rashly speaking, they believed in God. They offered their sacrifices, which is why they made their vows and their oaths before God. And as you read Jeremiah, none of that stuff ever stopped. They did their religious duty. They came to church. They offered their sacrifices. They did what they were supposed to do. But inside, in their hearts, where their passions and desires lived, they didn't want God. He didn't excite them anymore. He wasn't appealing and desirable. They worshipped him with their lips, but their hearts were far away. The heart of the problem, says Jeremiah, for these people was a problem of the heart. And I wonder if that's our problem too. We have a popular slogan in our culture today, follow your heart. I mean, you can find it everywhere. Here's a t-shirt you can buy online if you want, free shipping. It says, follow your heart. If you're in a big city and are looking for some entertainment, you might go and find Disney on Ice's Follow Your Heart tour. If you happen to be in Texas and in need of some counseling, oh, well, there's a counseling center that's called Follow Your Heart Counseling. Make an appointment with the person there. And then I found this book as well. Living the Braveheart Life, Finding the Courage to Follow Your Heart. Tons of musicians have sung about following your heart. And following your heart is a piece of advice many people give to those who are hurting. But the question is, does it work? Is it a good life strategy? You tell me. Jeremiah, eight times in his book, said that the problem with Judah was that they were following their hearts. They were following their sinful, deceitful, lying, cheating hearts rather than following God. 
Remember Jeremiah 17, 9? We say it every Sunday. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Jeremiah was saying, don't follow your heart. But here's the good news. God, in Jeremiah, says that he will renew, yes, renew the deeply sinful heart. God doesn't destroy us. He doesn't demolish our hearts by killing us. God renews the heart. He gives us a new heart, transplants our heart, giving us a heart that trusts God, not because we're supposed to, but because we want to. We love God and people just for the fun of it, oftentimes without even realizing we're doing it. Lord, when did we see you hungry and give you food? You know that one of the things that really perks up your spirit in your heart is when you receive a blessing out of the blue, a gift, an invitation to dinner, a visit from someone just to chat, a card in the mail. Our God renews his covenant. Our God renews the heart. God also renews forgiveness. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. God forgives. Oftentimes, you know, we put limits on our forgiveness, like St. Peter did, you know. Lord, when, you know, how, how often should we forgive people? Up to seven times? But with God's new and enlarged forgiveness, his renewed and enlarged forgiveness, Jesus says, no, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. God's forgiveness is generous and extends to all, from the despised and the wretched all the way to the great and mighty. God renews forgiveness among us. Forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ who fulfills his promise for us. And then God also renews his meal. You see, the Israelites, in celebrating God's old covenant, ate a meal. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They saw God and ate and drank. The people of Israel not only saw God, but they ate and drank in his presence. God renews this meal in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Jesus eats the Exodus meal and then renews it. He says, given and shed for you, for all of you, it's the second person plural there. For all of you, for the forgiveness of sins. 
This sacramental meal, in this sacramental meal, we internalize the body and blood of Jesus into our bodies and spirit as well, which removes barriers and levels the playing field as all are welcome. He grants forgiveness even to disciples who deny or betray or abandon him. God renews his meal with us in the Lord's Supper. And then finally, God renews creation. No longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Jeremiah's promise of a renewed covenant, a renewed heart, renewed forgiveness, and renewed meal, all has come true in Jesus Christ. We have that now. But we still need pastors and teachers and Bible studies. What does that mean? That means that there's more to come. A renewed heaven and earth. God is already at work renewing our broken and battered lives. We're looking much better already. But... There's still work to do. Pipes that leak, um, roofs that leak, foundations that are not right, antiquated appliances in avocado green and harvest yellow yet. But Jesus is coming again. And when he comes again, he will finish the remodeling process. Jeremiah assures us this day that God could have said, I will make all new things, the old won't do. But instead, our God says, I will make everything new. He renews all creation, even and especially you.